Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Testarossa. What does that mean to people? Icon. Iconic Ferrari. Now, everyone knows the name Testarossa and what it means. Miami Vice. It's the Ferrari from Miami Vice, right? So, so that was the first one. However, that's what people know now. But the original Testarossa is 50s. Correct. And the sh- there was a photo of one on Instagram yet. So yesterday I was looking. Beautiful looking car. Absolutely beautiful looking car with the bonnet that's got the intake air vent. Great car. But why is it called Testarossa? Do we know? The Testarossa is the heads, the redhead. Okay. So everyone knows that. Even if you're not into cars, you normally know the name or the translation of Testarossa. The 50s one, was that a V12? Yeah. That was a V12. I'm not sure whether they brought out a four cylinder in it. So that's not the go there at the moment. Testarossa, why, why are we speaking about the Testarossa today though? Well, this is something. We've talked about the Testarossa slight, you know, before, and I had driven one, but my feeling of it and my recollection was such that it wasn't very good to drive. Big, bulky, bit boat-like. Heavy on the clutch, steering's heavy, and unfortunately I was only doing, you know, it was only in a local street, had roundabouts so going around the roundabouts it's narrow at the front wider at the back you know i i felt a bit awkward in it i've got to so say you didn't enjoy driving it let's say not you did really. not enjoy driving not it. really you know you sort of and maybe i hadn't set up the seat properly and things like that but i, I did not enjoy it so then we get a phone call we get a phone call how would mick and Ori like to drive a testarossa 1989 testarossa First of the series or, you know, the first lot. So the original Testarossa, not the flying mirror. So not the flying mirror. It had the twin twin mirrors. So the first ones had the high mirror or not? A high mirror or right. flying mirror. And I think they only had it on one side depending on which countries they came in. Yeah, driver's side. Then option two, the next one came out, was still high mirrors, both sides. Both sides. And, now, and then it was just the low mirrors. Low mirror. And then after the... Testarossa, the TR came out, yes. and TR 512, yeah? Yeah, so they had the 512 TR, right, uh, which had a few more horsepower, all right, and then they had the F512M, which didn't have the pop-up lights. And oh, had more, that's, okay, yes, I've seen those And ones. it didn't have the rear grille, didn't have the camouflage lights, they had the round lights exposed. Right, that's a different, and that was the last of the Testarossa. That models, was the last. Correct? So the models went for a fair while. I think they built over ten thousand or something. So over the period, there's a lot of cars in that model range. So you say in, that, in the eighties, late eighties, the three two eight was the car, the V eight, yes. and this was the V twelve supercar yeah. of yeah. the time. Yeah. So the three two eight, the three oh eights, that were the babies of the uh, the Ferrari range. You know, like the three four eight, um, and the Testarossa was the the flat twelve. I think you're right. Every, yeah, you know, growing up, every kid had a poster of a Testarossa on his wall. And that one, uh, well, if you look at the Miami Vice, they had the Spider version as well, the convertible. Yes, convertible. And so, in white. So, actually, were there many convertibles made? I, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I've, theirs was white. We're lucky enough to see the red one with tan leather interior today. And I must say, we went this morning immaculate. It is a brilliant car. It's uh, original, so no modifications at all. It's got the brown dash, which I don't like that much, I've got to say. I was saying it also, I would love if that was black leather 
black leather or uh, the actual tan well, it had leather. to be black leather. Yeah, black leather because you got the tan seats, tan carpets. But how it's set up for the driver? You know, when you sit in that driver's seat, you notice all the the center co- um, column is all p- facing you. Which has got the speedometer? Uh, sorry, it had the mileage taco there. Wasn't it funny it. where the odometer is? Is at the bottom of the center console? Yeah, just un- I'd never seen a car like that, to be honest. Yeah, look, it's it is set up, and it's it's an eighties car, so it's the wedge shape. It's a Pininfarina design, of course. Uh, it's got the slats on the side, which are big big vents for those huge fans that are very noisy. I like, and I, I watched you opening the door. You don't know where the door handle is, right? Well, I knew where it was. But, but it's yeah. underneath, like hidden. So that's really nice, that shape, how it's all hidden. I don't know if you noticed sitting in the car behind you. Uh, behind me was the curved glass. I didn't so notice it was curved. curved gla- very Dino-like. Very 246 Dino-like with that curved glass at the back. And sitting in the car, it's a big car. It's a big car, but it's comfortable. Yeah. I mean, look, for me, I'm, you know the old five foot seven or something, which is 170 centimetres, the car's perfect for me to drive. Taller drivers do have a bit of a problem and they talk about as well, look, I explained it to Paul that was nice enough to uh, start her up and get it get it warmed up in out of the warehouse this morning. The key has got a, a you, bend on it. And a bend on it so that you can have more room for your knee. So Ferrari brought that in when people complained about the that so with the first the version, they wouldn't have had that. No. Obviously, because people had to complain. Then the second version had the bendable key. Yeah. So, look, the Testarossa is iconic. You can't talk about Ferrari and not talk about Testarossa. Everyone mentions about that. And people have different views on it, but it was it sort of went away from the lines of the models before. You know, the, the Boxer that came out before, the 365, and the 512 Boxer as well. A different shape. The, the lines, it's more a wedgy one, of course, but... The size of the car is big. It's big. Look, it's big. From the back, it's so wide. So I mean, if you're following it, which we were. Yeah. Very, very wide car, right? Takes up the whole lane in a road. The other things I noticed also when we just walked around the car, looked at the car, the size of the tyres, big tyres, right? I thought the size of the tyres. Brakes were different, though. They have a different sort of brake to the modern cars now. Well, the brakes, you can't really compare them, which we will talk about that. Right. Um, brakes were different, and then there were no airbags inside. No airbags, so you haven't got the safety features. Correct. Uh, although it didn't take long. I mean, that was an 89. The airbags in the Ferraris probably came out in 96, 97. So probably 10 years later. Yeah. And then, I don't know if you opened the centre of the dash. No, I didn't. Up, the radio's that, there? That's where the radio was with the cassette deck. Yeah, no, I didn't And that was that. standard. So that's how they got delivered. They all got delivered this uh, uh, cassette deck. But it's all hidden, right? I love the little gate. Oh, the gated shifter. Yeah. Beautiful. But it's more sitting in the passenger seat. Well, probably because they didn't change it when it's a right-hand drive compared to left-hand drive, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, you know, that's like even, you know, where your your fuel filler is and things like that. They don't change that for right-hand drives. So... Uh, the gentleman drove it to the service station with us so we could fill it up before Mick got to drive it. Did you notice the fuel tank has a key? The fuel yeah, can- tank has a key, yeah, which, which is awkward, really, because we're not used to that anymore. No, not used to that. And I, how many? I actually haven't seen many Ferraris with the 308 didn't have a key. No, the 308, you the just three, open the flat. The 328 no. didn't have a 
I think that was one of the first Ferraris to have a key on the fuel tank. So that that stood out to me. And then you got to drive it, Mick. Okay, so I what sat in you, it. What? Sorry to cut you off. What were your expectations? So you had that last one where you said you didn't enjoy it. So you're going in with that preconceived, I'm not going to enjoy this car? Well, or, I did go in the preconceived ideas, but since then I've sort of read more about them and watched some YouTubes and things like that. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'll go with an open mind and I want to go for a spirited drive. I don't want to just go, you know, to the city and back. The other thing as well is uh, since since that time, I've, you know, I've driven the 308 GT4 a fair bit, which with and without power steering, and um, I've done a bit of exercise, so my bicep's a bit better. <laughs> nah. But anyway, you know, I felt better and I thought, well, look, I really want to find out and, and have a good opinion about the Testarossa. So when I got in, adjust the seats, it was perfect for me. I can put it more upright, you know, so the, you know, my, my wrists where they sit in relation to the steering wheel. Thin steering wheel. Thin steering wheel. So I wear my driving gloves, yeah. of course. And you got to wear appropriate shoes as well. I noticed because in the passenger seat, I was a little bit sitting, my feet were sitting to the right a bit, right? Because of the wheel arches. Correct. Yeah. And same as the driver's seat sitting to the left. Yeah. But, but not, not much. Not drastically. Not drastically at all. So it wasn't like it stood out like, you know, I remember driving a Saab 900 or 90, whatever it was. It's miles over. So you're actually sitting with your legs not, not too much skew if. So you were comfortable? Very comfortable. And the mirrors, actually I could see out of the mirrors properly, whereas in my GT4, the mirrors, uh, you can't adjust them that that much. Uh, so the visibility was good. And so to that point, a lot of owners who had the high glass or high mirror said it was almost impossible to see out of those Is mirrors. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And that's why they sold them and said, you know, we need the low mirrors. But they did look cool with the high mirrors, though, didn't they? So if I had to buy one, I'd prefer a high mirror. I just think it looks fantastic. But I agree, they said they were very, very difficult to see out of. Yeah. Look, I was able to see out perfectly, really, out of those mirrors, and I didn't even adjust it. Now, Paul was uh, that drove it there. He was He's six foot, probably. He's quite tall. And I didn't have to adjust the mirrors. Of course, the internal mirror, yeah, I had to adjust because otherwise I would be ceiling watching the ceiling anyway so i got in the car adjusted everything put my gloves on and first first impressions was you know we're traveling you know just to get out of the service station you know after we fueled up steering very heavy all right but i was turning the wheel without turning the car or moving the car which makes a bit of difference because i had to turn it straight away but once i got onto the road I thought the steering was fantastic. You For know, such a big car. Yeah, not a problem at all. It actually drove smaller than what it looked. Okay. And especially coming out of my 308 GT4, which, you know, I'm quite comfortable with it. You can throw it around. It's, you know, go-kart and things like that. And, you know, the one without the power steering, I didn't think this was any, any heavier than my GT4. Now, direct steering, though, would you say? Very direct. Really? But very direct steering. But mind you, I'd say not about similar to my GT4. My GT4 has got uh, wider tyres and, and bigger rims, so they've got the 16s, whereas this car we're talking about, this 89 Testarossa, is completely original. So nothing's changed, exhaust, wheels, you know, all, although it did have semi-slicks. It did, and he did mention be careful because the back end can slide out, you know, under power. 
Yeah, certainly. And we all we know that and we've got to be careful with you so know So was the, that something in your mind that you were a bit concerned with also driving it at a, when you got to a little bit higher speeds? Definitely. But so I was making sure that if I was gonna brake or I was gonna accelerate heavily, it would be any any um, heavy braking or heavy accelerating would be in a straight line. Now, instant brake? How did you find the brake? Well, yeah, that's that's a good point because you followed us in your 360. Correct. So you and my son Domenico came up in the 360, and you followed um, myself and Paul while I was while I was driving. And you pulled away. There was power there, right? You could tell that you when you put your foot down, you were gone. I love the torque of the car. It was actually very tractable. It was beautiful to drive. The gears were nice and easy, so I got comfortable with it quite quickly. And I've got to say that the roads we picked were. Nice roads, so they country roads, uh, a fair bit of undulation, both horizontally and and vertically, and you know some were a bit bumpy, but it handled it well. And I made sure that you know even though I did push it a bit here and there, just the spirited drive, that I was concentrating to make sure that I wasn't accelerating in corners or braking too hard while I'm in a corner. Now, did you have to rev it? At higher revs, like were you sitting at five, six thousand revs to gear up, gear down, like we did in the three sixty, or is it a lower rev range during your gear change? Well, no, I normally went to about three or four, but you could push it to five or six, which I did, you know, because I saw Paul do do that as well, and it loves the revs. So for a you know a twelve cylinder car. It revs out beautifully. It had very, very smooth revs. So uh, the, the engine and everything, the engine, the chassis, everything's very tight because it only done, I can't remember what he said. Yeah, uh, I think he said 20,000 miles. No, 15,000 miles. 15,000 miles. 15,000 miles. But it miles. was really, really good. Put the air conditioner on. The air conditioner was cold, nice cold air. And also the coolant in terms of the temperature gauge of the engine, beautiful. I was really impressed. So – you said the torque of the engine, yeah, you know, that had so you know great torque that you were impressed with. Compare that to your four five six V twelve. Well, the four five six V twelve. That's uh, what what is it? The year is another ten years, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, 97, 95, 90, 95. So the four five six has got more torque. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different, so different. car. Okay. I've got to say the handling of the Testarossa was quite good. I mean, it is a wide car. The 456 is more of a GT. Okay. So that, you know, round corners, you know, it's hard to compare because I wasn't driving that simultaneously, not simultaneously, but straight after, compared to your 360, where I, which I drove back. We'll talk about that in a sec. But So you pretty much, I know because Paul told me when you were driving it, you went second to third most of the gears through the hills. Mainly second to third and there's plenty of torque. So you could leave it in third and it would... You know, pull six, seven thousand revs and no problem at all. And you really wouldn't need fourth or fifth because you'd have to slow down for the next corner. So, are you driving your V12 456 in the same gears? My question. I would say roughly yes. Okay. Yes, normally it's a second and third gear for the, uh, the, the 456 GT as well. So, when you then compare it to the 360 you drove home and I went in the, in the um, Testarossa, the difference. Well, the difference I found in driving the, the 360, your 360 particularly, because it's got an aftermarket exhaust, you want to hear it more. One big what uh, call out. 
Yeah. The Testarossa was not loud enough, in my opinion. Yeah, the stock it, standard exhaust was yeah. not loud enough. Yeah, I agree. It's um, However, they brought them out like that. And even my 456 GT, when it came out, that had a standard exhaust on it. But I put the rear mufflers, the Lorini mufflers, to make it sound. And that, you know, as a standard car, it didn't sound too good. doesn't sound like a 12-cylinder Ferrari should. I mean, I lo- look, at the back of the Testarossa, the exhaust is two dual exhausts. Looks fantastic, right? But you just think, so you're expecting this thing to roar, and it didn't when he started it up. No, it didn't roar when it started up, or when you go through the gears. It's sort of more like a, I won't say a hissing sound, but it's not, it's it's not a loud vocal like you know. It's follow, not a roar. following on the 360, or when I was driving the Testarossa and you in the back in the 360, uh, I could hear your 360 more than I could hear the Testarossa. Yeah, yeah. No, but I thought it was loud. It was louder inside the car. When, yeah, when I sat in the Testarossa, I must admit it was louder, but still not something I'd expected. So that was a wow! I thought it was, I thought Testarossa. Well, I'm excited. It's going to be loud. It's going to be rumbly, but it wasn't. So inside the Testarossa, you hear more the engine rather than the exhaust note, which is all good. A good thing as well, mind you. This is a fuel injected car, so you don't hear the sucking of the carbies and things like that. But look, overall, I I was really really impressed how small it drove for the size of the car if that makes sense and it was not dissimilar to the gt4 however the gt4 you can throw it around a bit more it's you know it's more of a a go-kart type feel i suppose Uh, but the testarossa holds its own and you know on these long trips that would people would take you know take across the continent absolutely would be superb i was saying to paul when i was in there it is so comfortable. You could drive that car for two hours, three hours, no problem at all. I agree. No it's problem. Just, it's just, uh, you know, getting in and out because it is very low, so you, you have to squat down a fair bit. But the adjustment in the seat, the comfort, the leather, the gauges, it, it it's fantastic. I'm actually going to you actually could drive that car every day. Well, yeah, you, I'm, I'm not sure. Because why couldn't you? What would be the negative of driving that every day? It's so comfortable. The only reason you maybe wouldn't, it's a big wide car. So parking and things like that would be difficult. So if you're going into the cities and things like that, look, it's not really a you know a car to take there. But, you know, in terms of the other things that, you know, that you're saying about driving it every day, the clutch is not as heavy as I, I recalled before. Now, maybe because I've been driving the GT4s, I'm used to, used to the clutch being reasonably heavy. But it's not heavy at all. I, I thought it was quite good. And the steering wheel is the old school steering wheel, which is the three spokes, uh, similar to my GT4. But a, a lovely car to drive. But mind you, I mean, this this example that we've driven was a good example. Yeah, maintained, looked after. I think it's actually going in for its belts next year. Uh, sorry, uh, next month. Yeah. So, you know, five years since it's had the belts. It's only done not even 2,000 kilometres since, since the last belt. So in five years, it's done 2,000 k. So very well-maintained car. N- maybe not driven enough, Yeah, not honest. driven enough, but they do drive them, so they do get them out. Uh, it's got a variety of cars. But that one there is really, you know, it hadn't been detailed. It, hadn't, it was immaculate. Really. Yeah, it was immaculate. You know, so and, – and you can push it along. It's – you know, when I was driving behind while you were with uh, Paul at the front and I was driving the 360 with my son, Domenico, um, I was keeping up, of course. Yes. Yeah. What I noticed, some of the things were different is, you know, I mean, there's nine years difference between them in age. 
Um, the brakes on the 360, uh, you know, <laughs> at least twice, maybe three times, you know, better than the Testarossa. The sound for sure. The handling, oh, the, the you know, the 360. So it's, you shouldn't really be comparing it. You can see the evolution, can't you? No doubt. Right? And so when you go to the 360, and we'll, you know, if we went to a 488 or an F8 Tributo, Correct. chalk and cheese again. And like the Testarossa, let's go back to a car from the 70s, early 70s that we would have been driving, which is you know, GD4. Or, or, yeah, or even the 308s, 328, you know. It'd be a big step change. So, so, so the comparison with the Testarossa would be what in the other was the Lamborghini Contash out? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah the yeah, Contash yeah. was out because the the Mura was before that. So, you know, and you compare it to the previous Ferrari, which is a three six five Boxer BB, and they reckon the Testarossa was a, much better than the Boxer, the three six five, yeah. Yeah, but even the evolution of the Testarossa to the TR and to the 512, even Paul said he's driven an F512M, that that drives a lot better. Okay. But you expect it as you go up, you've got, you know, more power and they refine them a bit a bit more as we've spoken about previously. So my question, Mick, would you want one in your collection? Do you need a Testarossa in your collection? Well, it is iconic. You know, if you ask me that question you know, a week ago, a month ago, whatever, I would say, yeah, not really, you know, uh, if you're only picking one car. I mean, if if I had to pick, you know, if I had five and I could buy in my collections a bit different. But, but now I'm thinking, look, you certainly could, but I would like the earlier model like this one. I'm not sure I like the lines and the the way they've done the front end of the F512M, even though it's a better car and the rear end, I think they've changed it and the design sort of got bastardised a bit, maybe. And you're a big pop-up light man, anyhow. Well, you I, love I don't really. Light. You like them more than me. <laughs> you, you love the pop-up lights. But I've seen like I've always got pop-up lights. Correct. I was going to say... There's a car that was in that era also of the two cars that these gentlemen, the two Ferraris that they owned, you know, the 328, the Testarossa. But at that same time, Ferrari made the F40. Yeah, but that was a supercar then. So the, 40, the F40 came out in what year? Uh, 87. 87, okay. This is an 89. So I wonder if it's got some F40 components or parts in that Testarossa. Well, that's interesting. But the F40 was completely different where that was a turbocharged Supercar, yeah. So you had the V12, which was the Testarossa. That if you wanted to buy it, flat you, twelve, but flat twelve, yeah, yeah flat twelve. Sorry, the V8. Or they call it a one eighty degree V12. So you can still call it a. And a to V12. be honest, when he opened the the engine bay, that's big. My God, I don't think I've ever seen an engine so big. It is huge. The whole back of that car yeah. is, is engine. engine. Yep. There was no space at all anywhere. So I don't. That was. That was interesting to see. And then if you wanted a V8 of that period, obviously, you had the 328. The 328. So uh, they were the three options that Ferrari came out with. And then they had their, you know, hypercar, supercar, which was the um, F40. F40. A great era. A great era for Ferrari. Yeah. And, you know, with the Testarossa, you, you talked about that he's taking it in for the uh, major service, belts and that. Now that engine just drops out, so it's made to actually remove. And when you see one of those engines on the bench, it's huge. It's got to be a big bench. It's, it's a big bench. And I suppose that's why, you know, one of the reasons why it's so wide at the back, the car. 
Yeah, just to hold it. Now, how about the brace? It wasn't the, that wide. The, the, the sway bar. The sway bar was actually quite quite thin. Yeah. So you know the modified one I've got on my GT4 is bigger than that, which you know still it the handling the corners. It was surprisingly stable. I mean, uh, you know, I was a, a little bit worried about the corners, but I got used to it. As I said, I got used to it really quick. But this is an original car. Did it feel like a heavy car? Not at all. I was. You can feel there's more weight at the back, really, I suppose. Okay. Uh, now, I'm not sure about the weight distribution, but the feeling is that, you know, when you put your foot down, you can you can feel the weight at the back. And just general driving, you can feel the weight of the back. But it didn't feel like a heavy car like I recall the, the first time I drove that some years ago. Yeah, look, I said, and as a passenger in there, it just felt it, it felt comfortable. It felt it was Ferrari, right? It's definitely felt like a Ferrari inside. And when he put his foot down, it was there. Right? Yeah, the, the torque's there, which is there, great. And the takeoff was there. But you felt safe. It was it was a a comfortable vehicle. You could, talk, like I said, you could sit in there for hours, no problem. And so you can see why people, you know, admire the the uh, Testarossa. And probably when they came out, some of the purists probably didn't like the shape of the Testarossa. I would guess. Well, I have to say, as a, I wasn't completely sold. I didn't like the back at all. You know, just that gate, that all those grip, the you know, slats, slats. I did not like, it. and then the side vents. So, as I've gotten older, I now appreciate them. And yeah, for that period, it's a beautiful looking. It's actually a really nice it, looking it is. car. The lines, the curves, and the shapes. When you're looking at it from behind or the side, uh, front, wherever you look, there's all these complex shapes around, and it, it does look good. You know, it's one of those things, and we say it with a 360 a little bit, but it's actually aged really well. Yeah, I'd, you know, I'd agree with that. The shape is aged really well, and. It looks great. The amount of, it was interesting today. I don't know if you noticed where we stopped and things like that. And, and even on the roads driving, the amount of people, it's a head turner. Well, it's not only that that was a head turner. I mean, you're following with a 360 Moderna, which really, even to look at that in the rear vision mirror, it looks fantastic. Yeah, so we had some great photos and they're going to be up on our Instagram page of the Testarossa and of our drive today. But it was a great experience. I loved it. I think it was fantastic and I do appreciate that, you know, Paul let us drive and appreciate the owner letting us drive it as well. Um, we looked after it so we did all the yes. right things and um, it was it was a fantastic morning. Well, it's the first one that we've driven. Well, it's first another box ticked. That's right. Yeah, we had never driven a Testarossa or been in a Testarossa or you had well, I I hadn't. Yeah, but you look – like we've spoken before with these drives, you do need to go for a, a substantial amount of time. When we say su substantial, not five or ten minutes, you really got to be driving at least three quarters an hour, an hour, and, you know, not stop-start. I mean, you don't really want to do that. They, You don't really appreciate them. You might as well drive your normal car. No, I agree. Now, you, you took it for a great drive through the hills, and it looks like it handled well. It looked great. Great experience. Thank you. Ori, a good one. Now, next one is maybe, hopefully, we'll get to drive the uh, 246 Dino. That's still on our bucket list. That's still on our bucket list, yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it there. And thank you, Ori. Thanks, Mick. Okay, like normal, you can catch us on the uh, the show via email, mickandori at gmail.com. And, of course, the Instagram page, which will be posted live stuff on there. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs>